0: Welcome to the Dynamax Podcast, Maine's premier powerlifting and strength sports podcast from studios in
1: Westbrook, Maine, with your hosts Matt Israelson and Matt Strong.
0: All right, hi Matt. Hi Lauren. We're here for podcast 26. Hard to believe, isn't it? Number
1: 26? That's yeah, right. number 26. Stacking them.
0: We're stacking them up like cordwood. Anyway, uh, ladies, keep in mind, March 10th, it's going to sneak up on you much faster than you think. So March 10th is the ladies' meet. It's right here. Uh, it's full, but if you're training for it, keep it going. Stay strong. And if you want to come see some great lifting, some great li- strong ladies' lift be here on march 10th everybody
1: yeah if you have questions about the meet or uh, technical things like do you have you know what the what the commands are whatever stuff, you need
0: to know we'll tell you
1: yeah come you feel free to stop in get run through the uh commands text All right. us call us email text us call come in whatever whatever's whatever easiest smoke right. signals yes. you name it. yeah uh, morse code yeah so <laughs> we have a very special guest yeah who is it it's uh lauren dyer hi <laughs> welcome to the podcast <laughs> thank you for
2: having me
1: um So Lauren Dyer, uh, you might be able to tell by the last name, is the wife of Travis Dyer. So are you the Mrs. Power Doc? I guess you can say I'm the
2: Mrs. (laughs) Power Doc. That sounds great. Because
1: you you power lift and you're... She's Power Pins.
2: That's right. Power Pins.
1: Yes. (laughs) That's a good one. I like that.
2: I like that too.
1: Um, So if you've been to any of the uh, Dynamax APF meets, uh, I'm sure you've seen Lauren compete. She's got, just the last meet, she had a 340 squat, 150 bench, over 400 pound deadlift. Unbelievable deadlift, by the way. Yeah, nice, seriously <laughs> impressive. <laughs> beautiful looking pull is what I like.
0: Tried, yeah. tried, my best. <laughs> um, Excellent. You, you got
1: a 920 pound total. Um, and yeah, what body weight? I was one, or
2: 130, 132. 132. Right, right on
1: the dot, yep. Your deadlift is right on.
0: Thank you. That's
1: yeah, great. so. Excellent. That's uh let's talk about that. So how, how'd you get so strong? What's going on here? Why oh. are you so good at that? <laughs> <laughs> you make it, I mean, there's some people who, you watch someone who doesn't know how to sumo deadlift, right. sumo deadlift, mm-hmm. and it's like, but when you want someone who really gets it, it's like, it, that's why people say it's cheating, right? Cause exactly. they're so good at it. You're very good at it.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. And it, it definitely did not happen overnight. Um, you know, ever since I started powerlifting with Travis about three years ago, I actually started conventional and it was, you know, the
0: Uh, uh flexor and extensor, yes. dig-
1: digitorum. Right. Mm-hmm, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. So we're back. Sorry about that. That's all right. We're That's okay. Do we need to start over. Or? No, we'll oh, just okay. keep it
1: going. So you were talking about lifting conventional. Danny Belmore took a look. Yes. At your mm-hmm. deadlift and at the deadlift.
2: Mm-hmm. That's when I. Yep. Once I started. That's
1: a good man. Sumo, to have a look at it.
2: It was. It was. It's always great to have fresh eyes because at that point it had always just been Travis and I training. You know, every day together. So just having a a fresh fresh set of eyes on my form um you know especially from Danny so that was great and at that point I think I was really working on trying to keep my chest up during the move so that I didn't cave over mm. and you know it's just something that I've, I've had to work on every time and uh lockouts the new the new thing to work on now so really
1: you have trouble with lockout
2: <laughs> I do have trouble with lockout lockouts always seem to be the difficulty at meets and but then during the you know the season. It's actually off the floor that I struggle with. So, it's, yeah, a,
1: it's, it's a off the floor for me. Is but I had one. The only time I ever uh, <laughs> couldn't lock out a deadlift, I was uh, code brown at the last push pull. Oh, that's an anomaly. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's interesting though. I just for me, it's always just like a roll, and then it just locks yeah, it right out. You know,
2: exactly. So you're
0: training for your lockout. Are you doing block work, rack work?
2: I'm doing block work, and I believe my new programming, I'm also going to be working on even some bands just to make sure that I can. From the floor? From the floor, so that when I get to the top where it counts, make sure I can still handle that that lower. Extra tightness. Exactly. Maintain tightness throughout the lift.
0: So you're going to go against bands?
2: Yes,
1: yes.
0: Okay.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So you mentioned that you started about three years ago with Mm -hmm. Travis. Yes. Uh, I, th- I might have asked Travis this, but so did you meet Travis and then start powerlifting? Or you guys met through powerlifting, right?
2: well, Let's know, refresh God, the
1: listeners of <laughs> the story here.
2: Let's refresh. Let's go back. So three years ago, we both met at New York Chiropractic College. That's where you know Travis gotcha. uh, went for chiropractic and I went for acupuncture. Um, and we met in the gym, obviously, lo and behold. Yep. And that's when I started powerlifting. Travis had apparently done one meet prior he wasn't sure if he was actually going to compete again. And
1: you convinced him otherwise. And I did. I, I will. It it's I will coming take, back to me.
2: <laughs> I will take credit for that. I did convince him otherwise just because um, I had always weight lifted prior to them, but I didn't have a structure. I didn't have any goals and you know, once we started training together, it became pretty apparent that it was not only fun to train together, but something that we could, you know, really progress with. So
1: you guys never got into each other's hair really with like, I, oh, I yeah, can all the time, all okay. the time.
2: It's, and it's a, it's a fun dynamic though, because we're able to, you know, really assess each other on, you know, what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are, but it's all, it's all good fun and always respectful. I think mm-hmm. that's, that's something uh, that we have a lot for each other and that's respect. So we're always able to Critique but in a in a good way
1: and, uh, and actually see it for it being the critique and not being yep. like a double for shitty type of a thing Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah exactly. All uh, good fun. Um
1: So when we had our little outage there because I want to talk about acupuncture because I don't I know what it is It's stick a needle the sickle needles in people right? <laughs> right everyone's seen it like photos of it Yeah, and you were just talking to Maddie Maddie's got a finger that's stuck close mm-hmm. um and the acu- like, I guess. What is your pitch for acupuncture? I guess is what I'd be curious.
2: My pitch, really, um, you know, acupuncture. It's it's a preventative and physical medicine. You know, it, it's been in use for thousands of years, and a lot of new research is coming out that's showing that it's actually able to promote your body's own production of what we call opioid peptides. So those are those neurohormones that make you feel good, right? Mm -hmm. They are able to reduce pain in the body. So if acupuncture is able to facilitate your body's, right, we call this, quote-unquote, its natural healing ability, what it's essentially doing is it's promoting, you know, the, the circulation of, you know, blood flow, but also just hormones and nutrients in the body. So it can make sure that everything's functioning optimally.
1: Who, so obviously you know, with chiropractic, chiro, chiro,
2: chiropractic, yep. chiropractic
1: mm-hmm. it seems like a lot, you're going to have a lot of sports related injuries Absolutely, and yep. like laborers, you know, mm-hmm. construction workers, stuff like that. Yep. Who's kind of your bread and butter client?
2: My bread and butter or client. is there one? You know, it's funny because I do have one, and it it is actually middle-aged women. And I <laughs> surprisingly, <guess that>. yeah. <laughs> I know it's so funny. Travis and I would joke when when we first opened up. You know, he he sees a lot of powerlifters, a lot of bodybuilders. He gets a lot of the young athletes. I tend to see a lot of women in general. Uh, the majority of my my patient base is women and specifically that middle-aged population and um, through that I'm able to help with obviously like menopausal symptoms but just in general stress and um, anxiety any kind of things that can be happening at that stage in life.
1: Do you find that I'm not trying to discredit acupuncture all here? but do you find that people come to it because it's kind of like well I was on a prescription and I tried this and I tried that so I'm gonna get yeah. pins. No. pins. Is absolutely. that kind of why What gets people going, it, I guess? It does.
2: I mean, people get exhausted and frustrated with, tra- you know, more traditional methods of, you know, either pain relief or, or any relief. Mm-hmm. And whether that's from prescriptions or not, um, acupuncture typically is the last resort for many people. And, and they have high expectations when they're walking in the door. So it's right. it's my job to really <sighs> deliver. And, and I try to do that.
1: So with uh, chiropractic, treatments you know it's you know you got to see the guy continually Mm -hmm. Is it the same with acupuncture
2: it is somewhat similar so what I like to tell patients is acupuncture works cumulatively much like you know exercising or learning a new skill right Mm -hmm. the the body's been in a state of either disharmony or dysfunction for so long or you know a number number of months years whatever the patient has um, and it's used to living in that state so with with that said the body needs time to recognize what the acupuncture point you're ba- are basically asking them to do um, so they can shift into a more you know a more healthy state okay. and treatment frequency sometimes can be you know twice twice a week for the first two to three weeks at least I like to say that because it not only allows patients to experience relief in a shorter amount of time but um, you know they're they're able to you know see the results quicker so otherwise once a week is just fine too.
0: How long is a treatment last? One, one treatment?
2: One treatment is about an hour long.
1: Oh.
2: Yep. And, uh, you know, it can include acupuncture, it can include cupping. So I like to, you know, give patients what they need.
1: So, yeah, because I've seen the cupping photos, and mm-hmm. I know you just did a YouTube video on cupping. Yes. And we'll get into your YouTube sure. in a little bit. Sure. But um, what, are the, what are the services that you offer other than acupuncture? Because so obviously yeah. Travis has his, the chiropractic, and you guys are under one roof. But exactly. well, what is it? If I see Lauren Dyer, Mm -hmm. what could she offer?
2: So you're not only, you know, and yes, you're getting acupuncture, but you're basically getting, you know, health and wellness, right? Right. And acupuncture is the means by which that happens. But with me, you're getting acupuncture, you're getting cupping. Um, I also do Eastern dietary therapy, which is basically a... Looking at food as a whole, you know, we're, we're considering food according to its micro macronutrients, but we're also looking at the food according to its flavor, its temperature, um, its dynamic in the body. Uh, easiest example to give is, you know, hot spicy food, right? Almost some people can get flushed or red in the face after. Um, yeah. That's a easy example of showing how, you know, hot spicy foods causes things to rise in the body. So, um, we look at all of this and, you know, a patient's constitution, their body type, and you know, try to, try to help them achieve their goals.
1: So do you assess their diet basically and go from there?
2: Yep. Mm -hmm. I have diets. uh, I have patients fill out a diet log. Uh, They bring that in and and we just look to see in what areas we can shift and and supplement their diet.
1: Do you think this is, I have a bunch of questions written down and this is none of them. Do you (laughs) think that you like, I eat meal prep pretty much every Sunday. Mm -hmm. I'm super consistent about it. Do you think that there's disadvantages to eating the same thing all the time? Because, hmm. like, I have rice, chicken, broccoli. I've had, I'm sorry, rice, steak, broccoli, hot sauce. has been my lunch for the last, like, two months.
0: Hmm.
2: I, you know, I've never heard that question, and it's really interesting. At first, I would say no. Um, in In Chinese medicine, there's a... Proponents for what we call like the Qingdong diet. It's very a simple diet, right? And in in a way, your body has been able to adapt to receiving the same foods and nutrients. And in a way, I mean, I think that's promoting promoting balance in your digestive system. Some people who either you know eat too little or eat too much, or you know try to eat too many different things, it can it can create disharmony and, and dysfunction. So
1: yeah, because I've had I had a bladder issue recently, and one of the things that they brought up was it could have been diet thing. So I wanted to try and uh like I was like thinking about I'm gonna have a super inconsistent diet and see how it makes me feel. So uh-huh. like I'm gonna go to Elevation Burger, I'm gonna go to Subway, oh, I'm gonna like I was gonna try to like anti diet basically. Yeah. I haven't done that. But um I was just curious what your thoughts would have been on, you know, one extreme to the next, you know, like the sure. guy who eats, you know, the chicken and rice the chicken breast and rice mm-hmm. and, you know, plain potatoes Versus the guy who's just kind of doing whatever he wants. I guess right. it's obviously genetics that into it.
2: Yeah, there's a, definitely a lot of factors. Um, my biggest thing is everything in moderation, and if there's a, a balance, at least, between what you're having in terms of, you know, not only just your your, your proteins and your vegetables, but just the, the flavors of everything, the temperatures of everything. So surprisingly, the one thing that I think differs the most between acupuncturists and those who, who practice yeast... Eastern dietary therapy and Western nutritionists is salads, right? Those being raw and cold in nature can actually suppress your digestive system. Mm. And what we call, um, you know, it being like the fire within the body. So if you're constantly, you know, eating something that's cold or raw or damp even in nature, right, for all those ice cream addicts out there, (laughs) that can create some problems, lead to uh, what we call internal dampness and uh, in the body and a lot of other things. And then because
0: there's a big, there's a raw
1: food push
2: yes there there has been a raw food push and 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 I I will say I'm not a proponent of I'm it just because really ready, I right. eat a
1: ton of raw food I yeah. eat a lot of raw uh, I mean fish and like oysters and stuff like that yeah, but you're
0: eat. not these people are eating raw meat all steak the, all
2: yeah the to- right oh oh I haven't even heard of that yeah, that yeah. sounds scary yes yeah. whoa <laughs> I did
1: see uh, there's a monster powerlifter from Canada he's got a video of him eating a raw mm-hmm. steak it mm-hmm. is uncooked oh wow completely uncooked yes, it's not yes. like seared Right. It's uncooked. <laughs> oh wow. Maybe it's room temp. Wow. Maybe, you know.
2: And you know, and I don't want to discredit eating, you know, raw, cold foods. Absolutely. Go for it, especially maybe even the summer months a little bit, um, when the even weather is warmer out because we're always trying to take into account the environment mm-hmm. when um, you know, and our bodies. So, you know, go for it, but just everything in moderation. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I wasn't I I wasn't planning on diving deep down the <laughs> deep down the diet hole there oh, but it's we, a,
2: it's a rabbit hole. It really is.
1: <laughs> I mean you talk about it, with people who are involved with fitness, everyone has an opinion. Exactly. Especially when someone's educated on it. It's like I just wanna dig right. I wanna go a little deeper, a little more, a little yeah, more info.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um so, how did you get an interest in acupuncture? Is that an undergrad?
2: That you know, so I was political science in undergrad. Okay. I know where, I know, where did that come from, right? Um, so, acupuncture became my interest right almost after college. I, I was suffering from major migraines, and at that point, my my mom, who is still currently a massage therapist, she was doing um, acupressure therapy. So, without the needles, just right. just massaging the acup. Pressure, like points. Hitting the pressure points right exactly and and that was bringing me some relief but uh, eventually she's like you know what why don't you just try acupuncture And I'm like no <laughs> I don't I definitely don't want to do that but eventually I did and and it helped it helped beyond measure and uh, it got me interested in helping with you know other health issues and and I, you know, it's all anecdotal experience but but that's what inspired me yep. it worked for you it worked for me Yep. You wanted to
1: help other people, type of a thing.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I I knew, you know, doing internships in in college, uh, you know, being at an office was not for me. I and I definitely wanted to make a change in in some way. But if I could do that on a more individual level mm-hmm. in in people's lives, then I, I thought that that would be a better way to go about it, right?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I I work in an office mm-hmm. and I've had the opportunity to kind of train, yeah. quote air quote train people here, yeah. And it is a different type of good feeling. Yes. Like, I mean, I've worked, I, you know, worked on a school that uh, there'll be a thousand kids that go through it every year for the next hundred years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get a single thank you for that ever, you know? Mm-hmm. I get one person to add 10 pounds onto their bench. Yes. And it's like, I feel like a hero, you know? Exactly. And that fee, I mean, maybe not everyone feels like that. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it's probably just how many, you know, what's the paycheck? What's the size of the paycheck? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I've really found that, like... And I used to, my mom's a social worker, and uh-huh. I would see how stressed out she would be over work, and oh, I was like, man. I never want to help people. <laughs> but <laughs> but then I had the opportunity to do it here, and mm-hmm. it's a great feeling, and it's so rewarding. Right. It's a level of reward I had never, like, felt before.
2: Exactly. And and whether it's, you know, through, through fitness, and, and right, fitness is a part of health, mm-hmm. and you know we're we're just instilling you know mutual trust between the dynamic and making sure that you know we help we help people achieve their goals right. and and that level of health that maybe they didn't even know was possible or that you know that that weight that they didn't know was possible so yeah, yeah.
1: so um, before undergrad yeah. uh, did you do sports
2: or anything? I did. I played field hockey and softball. I tore my ACL skiing. I know we were talking a little bit about this before the, before the show. Before your ACL. So I was skiing and I went off the the smallest rail you could possibly have in, in the park, right? And yeah, I tore my ACL off that. So <laughs> it wasn't until after you know the season and after recovery that I, I switched to snowboarding. But, That's um, interesting because yeah. a lot of
1: people hurt themselves more snowboarding than right, skiing. Right
2: exactly it could be uh you know what is it like a three or four day turnaround before you really get the get the groove of yeah. it um and I, I definitely remember. were heel
1: toe like just like that? <laughs>
2: not not just like that you know I definitely took a few falls um I was definitely complaining a lot but I mean it's so much more fun at least in my opinion once I got the hang of it.
1: Yeah there is something about riding a snowboard as fast as you can down a, uh, down a hill that you wouldn't be able to <laughs> walk down. Yeah, There's yeah. A, there is a makes you feel good um so back to acupuncture right okay when was when the first time you had to poke someone Mm -hmm. was that freaky or were you like this is my moment like i was born (laughs) to do this i
2: was born to do this it's my destiny um so you know truth be told the first person i ever had to needle was myself in school i was wondering that because that was gonna be my next
1: question was when did you first poke yourself
2: yes that i first poked myself in school we were in a clinical skills class and it's like oh this is it (laughs) and i was definitely a little bit nervous because you know we're we're talking about you know oh what are you supposed to feel what are what are good sensations what what are you not supposed to feel and i didn't know what to expect but i i went for it and and it was fine pretty sensationless yeah i was gonna say there
0: isn't a lot there, right.
2: there's hardly yeah. any sensation. You know all the pain receptors are right at the surface of the skin okay. and you know through through that three and a half year program you get pretty good at getting getting the needle in as quickly as possible so that the patient doesn't feel anything.
1: And it's super small.
2: Super small. Super,
1: super small diameter. Yes,
2: yes. I um, I just did my video about this today. So uh, acupuncture needle is just wider than a strand of hair. Okay. You could actually fit 20 acupuncture needles in a single hypodermic needle. Oh my There, wow. You can google that. There are pictures. You can 20 in a hypodermic needle. That is how thin they are.
1: Are there like different diameters for different types of pain? Or like uh, a
2: different, different top of the nose
1: versus middle of the back needle?
2: <laughs> sure, sure. So there, there's what we call serens, which are definitely a lot thinner and they actually have a, a little coating on them to help them slide into the skin even easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there, there absolutely, there's a, a variety of gauges of acupuncture needles, but they are all inc- incredibly thin. Yep, absolutely. About the size of a, a cat whisker, basically.
1: Wow. That's yep. crazy.
0: And sharp.
2: They, you know, they they can only if you're not going through the skin quickly enough, mm-hmm. right? But they actually have a blunted or rounded tip to them, oh. unlike hypodermic needles. I did not know that. They do, yeah. So um, that also makes for a really painless insertion. Really,
1: so it's not sharp, basically.
2: It's not sharp.
1: It's just super small. Exactly. And you go fast.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: That's interesting. How long are they?
2: They can be. Let's see we're working in inches so i'd say um they could be anywhere from you know an inch long half an inch especially for your ear needles um and then yeah i mean but i don't know
1: why i picture them to be like foot or like six inches you
2: know i will say there are some that can be anywhere you know maybe four or five inches long you know depending on you know the area of the body you're working on you know the patient size you always have to account for that Mm -hmm. so
1: what's the most number of needles you stuck in someone
2: oh Mm. i remember this was at the va hospital once i i think i stuck about 56 needles in someone. Whoa. <laughs> is that yeah. because
0: it was required? You could, I mean, you...
2: Yeah, you know, they had they had some serious chronic pain going on mm-hmm. and, it, and it required a lot of needles.
1: So is it like, we're gonna keep adding needles until the pain is gone? Or is it like, for this type of protocol, it calls for 56 needles? Or so yes. is it kind of like a... For that
2: patient's pattern and diagnosis, it called for 56 needles, yeah. So
1: for, I'm, just, I'm the more I'm asking you questions about it, the more I'm getting curious about acupuncture. Sure. So do you have like a map? How do you figure out what you need to do? Oh,
2: okay. So what I what I do is I um, talk to the patient. You know, first thing is inquiry. So we're talking about anything from their temperature uh, to thirst levels, as you take a sip of water, <laughs> to digestion, stress levels, anything in between. And um, I get a lot of information from that. That, you know, I try to gear my questions. Once I get more information, I try to gear my questions towards Uh, refining what that pattern or diagnosis is. I look at the tongue the tongue is actually a micro map of the internal organs of the body. It's basically the only thing we can see from the outside, right? So they you could actually map the internal organs on the tongue.
1: Oh. Yeah. That's blowing my mind right now. With the needles?
2: No, no, no. no like needles by on the by tongue. pulling out
1: the tongue, you can see like how your kidney's doing and how your oh, liver's doing. Yeah. Is yeah, that what you mean? Okay. Exactly.
2: Yep, exactly. And I also check the pulse. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you
1: know? I'm thinking I might have you look at my tongue after this, as weird as that sounds. Sure, sure. <laughs> oh, I'm like nervous now,
2: but <laughs> Yeah, and we also we we feel the pulse. So of okay. course, you know, I always take blood pressure. Um, and we look for the rate, but there's also um, 28 pulse qualities in Chinese medicine, and we we look at that by um, feeling at three positions and different depths, looking for uh, different forces in the vessel, the like shape how of the hard vessel. It's yeah, pumping, it, exactly. If
1: it's at a bad angle or something. <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, or if it's filling, you know, all three positions. So I'm basically placing. Um, my three middle fingers on my wrist and if I could feel it in all three positions that says one thing. If I if the pulse isn't filling all those positions oh, that tells me another. So wow. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah.
1: Very interesting.
2: Lots of the nuances, yeah.
1: <laughs> so you've uh You've learned how to pull people with needles you stuck 56 needles in a guy yep <laughs> how, what's it like uh working with your husband
2: it is really fun
1: you like it it's fun i love it because that was one it. thing that i could never do <laughs> i just couldn't do it sorry my girlfriend's name is lauren sorry lauren <gasps> Which, it's just like we are on mutual terms that like no.
2: that's okay you know and i i think uh you know all the dynamics that we we've developed over the years whether it's you know from powerlifting, all these things. I think it really, it almost trained us to be good business partners right. too.
1: Yeah, listening to you talk about like the being able to train together, mm-hmm. I knew what the answer to that question was Yeah, of be.
2: course. And, and truth be told, we, we co-manage a lot of patients and it's really beneficial because yes, I, I do have a background in biomedicine, um, heavily taught at the program I was at. Um, but you know, I, I sometimes defer to Travis like, Hey, you know, this patient needs a a good exercise or a stretch. What can they do? And, and he'll take the time to just show them or show me so I could, you know, tell them. And, and that's invaluable, um, obviously for our patients to be able to have both of our perspectives
0: on something.
1: Yeah. Plus you know where he lives. Yeah. Ah. That too. (laughs) (laughs) That was a bad one. All right. Um, back to powerlifting. Okay. So. The original or no I'm sorry what uh you've done very well in powerlifting um I think it's fair to say that uh you done competed at the Arnold
2: I did um
1: yes. what is do you have any long term like when you're 40 and you're telling your grandkids or your kids <laughs> what you did in powerlifting do you have any goals like
2: yes high reaching high reaching um you know I want to get that thousand pounds
1: yeah I I think <laughs> that's pretty close that's first. really close cool. yeah. yeah. it's
2: getting there I mean I'll, I'll be happy the next meet if I get over nine fifty, I've been been trying to do that so for that's a little like bit. It's like almost
1: ten times your ten times your body weight. Yeah, which well, is I'm
2: really walking around one thirty four all the time, so it's getting there. But I, I was thinking um, getting on that Michael Soon's list, uh, all all time top twenty for total in the one thirty two class. That would okay. be that would be pretty amazing. And granted that list changes all the time, right after a meet it's pretty much back to work because you don't know if someone's gonna, you know, Take that spot one week to the next. Sure, absolutely. You could hold it for you know five minutes, even in a a meet if someone else is going right for it. So that's fine. And um, but it'd be nice to you know just to be up there. Getting on the list. The list, you know.
1: (laughs) You know it's weird. So what's your thoughts on trophies?
2: Trophies. um, You know, it's great if you earn one. It's sometimes better if you don't because it means you have to keep working, right? Um, And even when you do, yeah. And even when you do. you know it, if you did better than what you did last time great but there's always there's always more to be had more weight to be put on right. um and sometimes it's all about training really? smarter right yeah. not, not always like harder and i've <laughs> i've found that out the hard way oh yeah you
1: know? I've, yeah i've run myself into the ground so many times yeah yeah it wasn't really till i started coming here that like someone's like hey just do five sets of five right with this percentage and you're gonna be okay exactly <laughs> exactly um yeah, for me, I'm not a big trophy guy either. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the board for yeah, me. That's, the board. that's my ultimate goal. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Is there
1: a board at LA Fitness? I've never been.
2: There, there is a board. Now, currently, there are no names listed. There was at um, at a point in the past. I don't know when they were taken down, but yeah, there there's a board in there. <laughs> All
1: right. You were just there yep. recently. Yep. Did you get a lift in while you were there? Yeah, we worked out. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, You got to use the belt squat. I did not. I
0: don't even know if anybody
1: did. I think I might have seen Emily. She must have her use it She must
0: have.
2: Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah
1: I'm still trying to find a place to squeeze that into yeah. dynamite Yeah, we don't have any room for one. Ah, oh, woman's right. locker room.
2: Yeah, that belt squat machine's amazing. That's also something I really used for my deadlift too. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Just kind of go sumo. I go sumo stance with it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Um. So uh, this is stuff that I've seen on your Instagram a bunch of times. Sure. The wooden squat rack.
2: Oh my gosh, that wooden spot. There rack. must be
1: some good <laughs> stories associated with that.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh is my that in gosh.
1: Travis's basement that his dad built? Is that this, or is it the other way around? So
2: it's in it's in a way it's in his sister's basement. Um, his brother-in-law and Travis um, and myself we all built that. I think it was two winters ago now, and uh, I remember doing a video, I think I was wearing a live large shirt and we tagged them and they're like, Oh, that was that's a nice Amish squat rack you got there. <laughs> Amish squat rack. Yeah. That's great. So oh that was fun. But I've gotta say we haven't touched it because I'm too scared to I'm too scared to let him even
1: <laughs> I mean get it, under that thing. Yeah, it's scary to watch. Yeah. I'll, have you ever seen it? I have not. I'm gonna I'll dig up a video <laughs> okay. after this. It's uh I mean it's like a
2: it, it's, um, it's, it's some it's a wooden yeah.
1: squat rack two yeah. by fours okay. maybe that's great <laughs> that's awesome who do you uh are you competitive
2: yeah i think i'm pretty competitive mainly against myself
1: <laughs> that's what I was gonna the best ask. way to be yeah do you have uh i always you know i kind of like to think that i want if i'm going to be competitive with someone else it's going to mm-hmm. be like the world record holder mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. would that be for you
2: oh my goodness you know i learned this the hard way i i was really competitive against Ellen Stein at the Arnold. And I actually learned from that experience that I am never going to try to beat someone else again. I just need to focus on myself. But Ellen Stein, if you guys don't know, I know she, who that is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She is. Yeah, I don't know um, who that is. She is, well, She's a legend, at least for women. She's, I don't know how old, but uh, definitely one of the senior seasoned lifters. And she, she out-totals many, many of us. So yeah. she's incredible. Definitely take a look.
0: <laughs> I don't know where she trains out of, do you?
2: She trains in New York. Okay. Um, I can't say where she trains now, but, but she's a remarkable lifter. Um, across multiple federations, I think a few weight classes too, and, and she's she's still going strong, so...
1: Did you enjoy competing at the Arnold?
2: I did. It was it was a really humbling experience. Um, fun? I wouldn't say exactly as fun as I would have liked it to be, because I think I went in with so much pressure on myself, so much you know angst, expectations, to be, expectations, and angst. Yeah, to beat other people. When at the end of the day, I think if I just stuck to my own game plan, I would have done a lot better.
1: Yeah because Travis the one thing that stood out to me in the Travis and in Travis's interview mm-hmm. was him saying that he didn't really enjoy it that much, mm-hmm. and that he thought it was overhyped. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you in the same boat?
2: I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think it, it definitely attracts, um, you know, an elite level of, of lifters. Um, but it's funny, you know, talking about trophies before the the meet director. He said, if you're coming here for a trophy, you know, get out, <laughs> you know, because that's that's not what people are here mm-hmm. to do. Um, it's
0: just to compete. It's
2: just to compete. Do you recall yeah.
0: who the meet director is? I
2: can't no, that's say. All right. No. Director Is it is program, it a yes. federation putting that on? Yes, it was XPC. XPC. That's yep, right. that's it.
1: Okay. Is the XPC's only for the Arnold too, right? Is that right?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is the X? Extreme.
1: extreme. <laughs> extreme.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, really Extreme it Powerlifting Coalition. Be, that's yeah. the coalition. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know the US USAPL also holds an Arnold competition. They they were just in a different area mm-hmm. of that venue. Mm-hmm.
1: So how has your YouTube experience been?
2: Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. It's kind of,
1: ner- because I, <laughs> I mean, with this, when you start to just put some, you're putting yourself out there. Right, And right. you've got to come to terms with that and just <laughs> accept, you know, there was a point in my life where I'd be nervous to put a fa- picture on MySpace or Facebook <gasps> right, or whatever, right. and now it's just like, it's out there.
2: That That's it. Um it was hard coming to terms with that and honestly I'll tell you Travis was always telling me you have to do a video you really you know you have a lot to share put a video out there I would not do one until it became a class assignment um, because I'm, I'm currently in my doctoral program right now for acupuncture and one of the assignments was going viral um, really putting a video out there and I'm like oh, really do I have to, but I had to,
1: do you have to get, like, do you have to go viral? Is that the goal? Well, their bonus points, Be bonus points.
2: <laughs> it'd be bonus points. Yeah. That was just the title of the assignment, but Hey, that'd be always be great.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, YouTube experience has been, um, it's been good so far. I, I just did my second video today. I think I took a, a few less takes than last time. And I think that's why it's actually really refreshing being here with you guys where I don't have to, you know, just, come up with a script or I, I could just talk. You just say whatever you yeah. want. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the flow that I, I've uh, come to find with the videos. It's, you know, the first time I always tried to have something in my head, but the second video, it's, you know, I do this every day. So I, I'm talking to patients about it all the time. Right. And this is how I'm going to say it. Just practicing. Yeah, exactly.
1: How uh, long are your videos typically? I'm sorry you didn't watch one before this.
2: No, no, that's fine. Uh, first video was about Four minutes, maybe maybe a little under three. This this next one coming out is about two minutes thirty seconds. So.
1: That's what so you try to hit the real quick, bam bam bam, not like the seventeen minute, almost like a mini episode. No,
2: I couldn't. Oh my gosh, I'm so exhausted even after a three minute clip. I can't can't even imagine. But um, do you go straight? Sometimes, um, the second video I did two, two sections where I did an intro and then the rest of it. Um, I found that it's easier for me to just break it up a little bit instead of go all the way through. Because if I stutter or I say one word that I feel like doesn't go with it, I'll just shut the whole two thing down. Two minutes and 15 seconds into a two and a half minute <laughs> yeah, video. And Traps will be like, no, you were doing great. And it's like, no, because I'm you know I'm really hard on myself. I'm, I'm competitive and a perfectionist. And if it's not the way I want it, then damn it i'm gonna shut it down (laughs)
1: yeah yes that's the uh we have the opposite problem with this so Uh there's no i mean there is a post-production that kind of just fixes things up tightens things up a little bit Uh but we don't edit anything out that's the beauty of podcast right and Mm -hmm. if i listen to a podcast where i could tell if they've edited something out you don't. Uh, i can't trust them
2: yeah
1: yeah um that's why do you what do you listen to any other podcasts
2: I don't, and I really want to start because there's something about just being able to listen to you know information and things being shared that's sometimes better than um, you know watching a video. I personally, you know, if I'm in the car, that's something I take advantage of. Oh
1: yeah, I them um, all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Like, trips whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so we actually have an emailed question. Oh yeah. Ooh, really? Nice. So Danny from Saco, okay. I am a female lifter who recently did my first powerlifting meet. What general advice would you give me uh, give for a female lifter preparing for her second meet?
2: Ooh, preparing for her second meet. Well, that's awesome. Um, that's great that you're you're officially in the sport, right? You stepped mm-hmm. on the platform. Um, you know, look at look at what you did your first meet. If there's a lift that you think you can really improve. Hopefully, all three. Um, look at your weak points, and I think that powerlifting demands honesty and transparency. You really have to be able to take a look at yourself, look at your training cycle, and say, you know, am I am I doing all the right, you know, accessories? Am I working my weak points? Am I doing the things that I actually hate to do? Because sometimes doing those exercises or lifts are actually what's going to help the most. And so the
1: reason, yeah, I'm I'm, <laughs> a, I'm bad at that. That's for sure.
2: Right. Um, You know, and to each his own, um, depending on how, you know, competitive someone is, but still always try to go into the meet and have fun. I mean, at the end of the day, you're lifting weights and that's something that, you know, actually Danny told me because I am so hard on myself and going into the last meet that you guys put on, which I loved and had the most fun at, out of any meet I've ever done. Really? So, yeah, I really did. I I wrote about it on Instagram. So, (laughs) you know, it was the most, most fun I've ever had at a meet.
1: That's awesome. uh, Yeah. What, mm -hmm. What made the difference?
2: Honestly, just putting less pressure on myself. Um, so, it was literally deal,
1: uh, okay. so it was something that just a mental thing?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was a complete mental thing. Just telling myself that I'm, you know, where I am with, uh, you know, that work-life balance. I, I knew that, you know, for this particular meet, I didn't put as much time in as I wanted to. But I knew that I still wanted to step on the platform. There was a point in time where I didn't, and I was... I was almost ashamed and embarrassed that I already said, "Oh, I'm a number of weeks out." It's like I don't deserve to be out there. I I know I'm probably not going to PR on anything, right. so you know, what do I have to show for? I should I should just wait this one out. But sometimes you just have to step forward and and just have fun. Yeah,
1: you can definitely get choked up just thinking about it too much.
2: Yeah, exactly. And You
1: see, a, the best performance. The best mm-hmm. performances are always the most relaxed. Mm-hmm. And I I talked about it in one of the previous podcasts, the uh, the couple from Orono that came down. Yes. They were like the chillest people there, you know, yep. she was doing finger guns, just <laughs> having a blast, and she did extremely well. They both did very well.
2: Exactly. And
1: they all obviously had a better time because they mm-hmm. were people get caught up in themselves.
2: Right, right. Oh yeah, they were—they were did a great job. Um, I actually follow them on Instagram. I think weights and weights Wait, and plates, plates weights and dates, or yes. something like that. Yes, exactly. We we got got to that, that couple that that's there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They have really cute cats too. Yeah. <laughs> are army
1: vet or they're navy veterans.
2: I can't, say. I can't they're, say. They're
1: military veterans.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Are they in school in Orlando? Yeah. Oh, wow, mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. GI. Yeah. They're probably going through the GI. Yeah. Day. Yeah. Shout out to them.
2: Hey guys. I,
1: I, I think I know are. <laughs> What's your biggest gym pet peeve?
2: Ooh, mm.
1: Cause Travis told me that you guys like to work out with minimal music, minimal stimulus.
2: Yes, No yes. ammonia. No ammonia, not during training. Oh, so I'm wondering the if there's oh any... Uh, pet peeves? Yeah. I've gotta say people who, I mean, we've all heard before, right, people who don't put the weight back. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've unfortunately still stepped into the gym a few times and, you know, people will leave, you know, 10 pound plates on, on the barbell on the deadlift platform. And it's like, what is going on here?
0: <laughs> this at Danny's? Uh
2: yeah, that was yeah. that was just one time. But you know, he he, he is strict. <laughs> he doesn't he, go for that. He he does not let any of that fly. So I, I haven't seen it, it happen be. since and granted you know you know I don't know who it was and that's fine. Everyone's trying to get stronger and do their own thing, but just you know, those plates aren't meant to be on there so just put them back.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, the worst is it's always in the power rack. I set something up, bend over rows, rack pulls. Got to talking. Mm-hmm. It's the last thing I do. I'm walking out the door, and I get home. And I'm like, Oh no, I left the weights loaded. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Maddie will get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm honest. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's a good question. I, I actually want to think about that. There's not. There's not too much that really annoys me. I try to just kind of keep to myself, and you know, whatever happens, happens. But yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely one step yeah. there.
1: What about you, Maddie? Pet peeve, yeah. Gym pet peeve, yeah. I mean, it's a guy who spends a lot of his life in a gym, right? Is um, that one just, well, I mean,
0: finding trashed is a, oh. a huge pet peeve yeah, in the mornings. I don't know who did it, right? Although I have cameras now, but yeah, I think that's so cool. I never yeah. think to look at night, so. <laughs> Um it, That's my
1: biggest, I think. Mm-hmm. Coming in, leaving clean, coming in dirty, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. Having someone else expecting someone else to clean up, of course, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Not my problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's the dumbest thing you've done at a meet?
2: Oh my gosh, dumbest thing I've done at a meet.
1: Other than just getting in your own head.
2: Mm. That's so tough. There's definitely something up there. I almost want to be like pass and come back to me, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> phone a friend.
2: Yeah, phone a friend. <laughs> I will say, you know, some just because something's not coming to the top of my head there, I remember when I first started powerlifting, I remember trying to re rack the the squat bar for Travis and it, you know at this point I think you know he was doing well above four and I unloaded all the plates on one side the uh, bar went oh. flipping. you took I them was, all off at once I took them all off at once I, well, not what all did you once. think that yeah I was like I was ta- I took one off and then I took two off mm-hmm. but then <laughs> like by the time the bar started flipping off the rack <laughs> I was just mortifying thankfully it didn't bash the mirror this was at the school gym but I definitely got all the looks and it was so embarrassing. I learned. I mean, that was my first year of powerlifting. <laughs> Sometimes wow. you just have to learn how to rack and re rack.
1: <laughs> you learned something that day.
2: Yeah, I did.
1: That's awesome. So, um, we're approaching about 40 minutes or so with okay. the uh, the extra clip that we missed out on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you? What would you like to plug? I know you have an awesome business. You've got a great uh, Instagram account. Yeah, thanks. Oh, something else. Wait, I have something I want sure, to talk to you fine. about. Girls who powerlift. Yes. Do you you've been shouted out on them quite a few times? Yes. Got a little insta fame.
2: Yeah, yeah. Ivy's awesome. So how do you, so? Do you know her? I do not know Ivy personally. Um, you know she's she's the the brains behind Girls Who Powerlift. Um, I don't know her personally. You know I just know that she you know is trying to you know galvanize all the women out there who who lift weights just to you know be proud of who you are, be proud of what you can do, and no matter where you are, whatever stage of the game. Um, you know you you deserve to be recognized for what you can do. So. Where's where she located? Oh Maddie, I feel bad. I can't say I don't uh. know maybe Florida. <laughs> oh, maybe okay. Maybe, maybe Florida. not local not local oh, okay. No, 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 not local I just remember because I know that she sometimes will go to meets and I remember during that crazy hurricane season yep. she was trying to get out of Florida, but okay. she couldn't so yeah, Florida
1: <laughs> So if you have anything that you would like to pluck
2: What do you mean by plug?
1: Like, uh, (laughs) promote. Like a shameless plug, you know, kind of just while you're on the air. This is all
2: new to me, so I don't know this lingo. (laughs) Oh, while I'm on the air. Hmm. (laughs) Well, you know, so funny. I I would say, you know, go check out my next YouTube video. It's going to be on acupuncture, so anyone who is needle-phobic or just wants to see what an acupuncture treatment or insertion at least looks like. I didn't get into a treatment, but I just did insertion on myself. Then feel free to take a look. That will be up probably later tonight.
1: (laughs) What's your uh, YouTube account name?
2: Empower Chiropractic and Acupuncture. Yep, just look that up. Yep.
1: Okay. Empower, E M P O W E R. Yep, exactly. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you very much.
2: Thank you so much. What is
1: your next competition?
2: Next competition is going to be in the summer. Uh, It's either going to be your guys or RPS. Oh, May. Depending. Yep, exactly. Okay. Depending on which one I I feel most most prepared for.
0: <laughs> but Love I, to have you.
2: Thank you. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm really looking forward to just taking a long off season and uh, working, working weak points and getting stronger mentally too. I think in this next program I have um, Danny's incorporating some, some lifts where he said I'm trying to gain confidence so see what happens.
1: <laughs> nice. Some reverse band stuff, some yeah. overload. Do you do any reverse band?
2: Reverse bands? I, I haven't too much. No, I haven't. I, I think I tried once in the power rack, and it worked out okay, but um, <laughs> I was a little bit worried about like the floor and everything. I know other people have done it. Um, I just feel more comfortable using the other bands at the on the actual platform.
1: Against the bands? Yeah, against okay. the bands. Okay. Mm-hmm. How are you sitting up on the floor? With dumbbells?
2: um no they're actually the I don't know if they're called prongs are there are yeah he's um,
1: got a, pl- a platform set yeah, up for the that platform. Oh, with um, the... yeah oh,
2: it awesome. allows you to put the put the bands there so I'll work with the red or green elite FTS bands um, and, and that's, that's how it is it's fun
0: that will help your lockout
2: yeah absolutely I found that um, really working up to the green bands you know obviously being more tension that's that's really helped because you know I sometimes I'm not gonna lie. I'll get a little bit overconfident if I can do a lot off blocks, but then when it comes time to to pull and I can't do it, I get really you know pissed off at myself because it's yeah. like oh well I did this off blocks, but it's like no I need to be able to perform that movement all the way through maintaining tightness
0: so try the reverse because you're going to pull them from the floor yeah
2: yeah yeah so
0: and you'll overload it yeah so i'd be curious to see if you like that
2: absolutely and
0: that will help your lockout too because uh, towards the end you have most of the weight
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. so yep man do you have anything else
0: uh, march 10th women women's women's meet be ready ladies we're looking forward to it
1: looking forward to it Nice. yeah thank you again looking forward to the next thank time you. you compete thank you
2: so much thank you and
1: have a great night
2: yeah it's been awesome